You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. So good to have you with us today. I'm in my leadership edition of the How to Win, and I want to inspire you as an, a leader, equip you, and cause you to go to a, another level in your leadership stewardship. I began a new series in our last episode entitled Leadership is Not for Wimps. Come on, say that. Leadership is not for wimps. Now, the theme in this series, it's a pretty thorough series. The theme in this series is courage. So even though there are three parts, and I gave you an overview in our first episode, our first lesson, I gave you an overview of the three parts to this series. The theme that's running through the entire series is courage. Come on, say courage. You must possess courage to be a great leader. Joshua 1 verse uh, 6 the very first part of the verse says in the New Living Translation, be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people. Listen at that. Be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people. I believe that that is a prophetic word to you and to someone listens to me right now, God is telling you to be strong and be courageous for you, not someone else, but you shall lead these people. This is part one. We're in part one of a three-part series. And our topic for this part is courage, the quality every leader must possess. And we're going to really get into the why of this topic today. Courage, the quality every leader must possess. This is our second lesson. And uh, each one of these lessons, we have a subtopic, and our subtopic for today is courage to do what? Courage to do what? In our first episode, it was a question, courageous or wimpy? And we gave you characteristics of a, a wimpy leader, a, a leader who's not brave, not strong, and lack confidence, and we gave you uh, characteristics of a courageous leader. While subtopic today is courage to do what? Mike, you said that a leader must possess courage. Your title is the quality, the courage, the quality every leader must possess. But courage to do what? Well, we're going to look at four areas today. And you will see why it takes courage. Courage, courage, courage. Four areas. Courage to stand out front. 
Secondly, courage to embrace responsibility. Courage, thirdly, to accept accountability. And fourthly, courage to make tough decisions. Now, let's talk about the courage to stand out front. I think that's why many uh, people shy away from leadership, leadership roles, leadership responsibilities. I know I did. As a, a teenager in high school, very smart, but I never wanted an office. You know, you have student government. I never wanted anything like that. And even as a young adult, I kind of shied away from uh, leadership responsibilities. I just felt that I didn't want to be out front. I just, I'm good. Give me some money. I began to in the workforce and I wanted more money, but I didn't want to be a supervisor. I didn't want to be a department head. I didn't want to be into that. Okay. And some of it had to do with what I just didn't want to stand out front. Takes courage to stand out front. Because when you stand out front, you have to deal with the scrutiny and the criticism that goes along with it. Think about it, a leader is standing out front, standing out front, and there is a scrutiny. That's critical examination and observation. When you're a leader, people observe everything because you're standing out front. As a pastor, I had to stand out front. People, they look at whether it's in person, on television, online. They will often comment on what I was wearing, everything from the shoes I had on to the suit I wore or the shirt or the, the jewelry. There's a scrutiny, critical observation, examination that comes with standing out front. And then there's the criticism. And this area is so important that I have a whole part on criticism. My third part is it's going to be on criticism, how to handle criticism. But when you stand out front, there's this scrutiny and there's this criticism that goes along with it. And it takes courage to stand out front. Dr. Dave Martin said the greatest obstacle to success is fear. The greatest obstacle to success is fear. Fear of criticism, that's huge, but the fear of failure. The fear of failure is one of the biggest fears that most people deal with. I want to stand out front because I may fail. And if I fail standing out front, everyone will see it. Takes courage. The fear of making mistakes. That was one of my big fears when I first became a pastor. What if I make a mistake? What if I make a mistake? What if I make a mistake? And it's something about growth. We all pray for it. We all want it. 
But when we grow and we're standing out front, and we fear making a mistake, and when we make a mistake, everyone sees it. If anything grows, there are going to be more decisions. The decisions will cost more. When I first be, uh, began as a pastor, our first project, our first project was purchasing a discontinued school. And at that time, that was in the early 80s. And then that time, the school was auctioned for $25,000. And boy, that $25,000 seemed like $25 million at that time. But the last project that we began and finished cost $26 million. We had grown. Things cost more. Decisions involve more people. So it takes courage. It takes courage to stand out front. And when you fear making a mistake, you end up procrastinating. We talked about that in our last episode. And you end up inactive. I'm just not going to do anything because I don't want to make a mistake. So there it takes courage to stand out front. But here's the beautiful thing. If God calls you to do a thing, he will give you the grace to do it. And that's what I learned in over 40-some years walking with the Lord. If he calls you to do it, he will give you the grace, the strength. And what was a very uh, intimidating position can become your comfort zone, standing out front. Courage to do what? Number two, to embrace responsibility. To embrace the responsibility. Leaders must delegate authority. If it's going to grow, you've got to delegate authority. But leaders cannot delegate responsibility. A leader is always responsible for the ultimate overall results. Always responsible. Even though we delegate and those who we delegate to, they are responsible for their area. But the leader, the lead leader, the lead authority, the CEO, the principal of the school, the, the, the pastor of the church is ultimately responsible for the overall results. So embracing the responsibility requires courage. Leaders are responsible for setting benchmarks, maintaining communication, assessing performance, but ultimately, the leader is responsible 
for the results of the organization. Pat Williams said, when things go wrong on your watch, you are to blame. Takes courage to be a leader. Courage to stand out front. Courage to embrace responsibility. But courage, thirdly, to accept accountability. To accept accountability. Well, what's accountability? Accountability is the acceptance of responsibility for one's own actions and the willingness to be evaluated and judged in terms of your performance. It is accountability is the acceptance of responsibility for one's actions. That's what accountability, the acceptance of responsibility for one's actions and the willingness, accountability is the willingness to be evaluated and judged on your performance. Accountability. Accepting accountability requires courage. And there's two sides to this accountability uh, issue. There's being accountable to others for your decisions. And I think every leader needs to be accountable to somebody. I pastored a very large church. I had a lot of authority. But I believed in accountability. We had a board of directors that I was accountable to. There was a committee on that board that determined my salary. I never determined my salary. We had an audit and uh, a firm that audit our finances and our books every year. It was not... Uh, mandated by anybody. Nobody told us we had to do it, but I wanted an outside firm to evaluate and audit us every year. Why? Because I think and believe every leader needs some level of accountability. Accountable to others but also holding others accountable. That's the other side. Being accountable, but holding others. But it takes courage. When leaders don't hold followers or staff accountable for their poor attitudes or their poor performances, they undermine their own authority. When you as a leader don't hold people under you accountable for their performance, and accountable for their attitudes. And sometimes we let people get away with a bad attitude. we talk about that a little later. But when leaders don't hold those under them, whether it be staff or direct reports, when you don't hold them accountable for their attitude, poor attitude, bad performance, 
then you undermine your own authority. And you communicate incompetence on your part. You communicate indifference on your part. You destroy the morale of the high performers. And these high performers do care, but because you don't hold people on the team accountable, you destroy their morale. And then you tempt the high performers to come down on the level of the low performers or quit. Accountability is so very important. And it takes courage to accept accountability. And then finally, it takes courage to make tough decisions difficult decisions. Now, because, now listen carefully, because this area of decision-making is connected to courage, I have a whole nother part that I'm calling making decisions will make you or break you. Your decision-making will make you or break you. I got a whole nother part on that. When I finish this lesson today, we're going to begin that next part on decision-making. Criticism is so very important to courage. It's connected. When you understand how to make decisions and the framework of decision-making, it increases your courage. When you understand criticism and how to handle and recognize criticism and the different kinds of criticism, it will increase your courage. But right now, as I close this second lesson of the first part, I want to talk briefly about making tough decisions. It requires courage to make tough decisions, difficult decisions. Why is that? Tough decisions are risky. Risk implies the possibility of loss, the possibility of failure, the possibility of things not working out well. And since tough decisions are risky, it requires courage. Tough decisions will be questioned. Tough decisions will open the door to criticism. That's why it requires courage. Tough decisions will carry consequences. Consequences that are unavoidable. That's why they're tough decisions. Our decision-making, and I want you to make a note of this now, our decision-making earns us favor or disfavor. Your decision-making will, will earn you favor, but it will also earn you disfavor. That's why they are tough decisions. They are tough decisions because they often lead to misunderstanding. Tough decisions often, I would say 99.9999999% of 
every tough decision will involve or create some misunderstanding. That's why they are tough decisions. I want to give you three examples. Now, we're going to, we're going to get into decision-making, and I'm going to show you, and I'm going to walk you through how to make good decisions, and I'll, I'm going to give you understanding of your decision-making style. We're going to get in that. But I want to give you three tough decisions that most leaders, especially leaders who have longevity, and that's what you want. You want longevity in your leadership stewardship. You want, you want longevity. Now watch this. The three tough decisions that I believe you'll have to deal with. The first tough decision that you have to deal with is the complacent long-timer. The complacent long-timer. This is a person who has been with you or with the organization or with the business or with the church or, or, or with the institution for a long time. Maybe you work in industry and you work alongside or work under or are involved with a long timer. This is a person who have put a lot of years there. And I think making tough decisions on complacent long timers is rough, it's tough, it's hard, it's difficult. Let's look at the complacent long timer. The complacent long timer is an employee or volunteer or worker or uh, a leader who's stuck in his or her ways, just stuck in his or her ways. This is a person, the complacent long-timer is an underperformer who has lost his or her passion. And this is a person not adding much value anymore complacent long term. They're on cruise control. Some people in organizations, in churches, they're on cruise control. This is the person who may have been working with the organization or the, the industry or the business or the school or the church for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. This is a complacent long time. They're on cruise control. They feel that they have paid their dues in hard work in the past. They equate loyalty with tenure. So they work hard the first 20 years that they're with you. Maybe I'm talking to you a complacent long time. You work 20 years hard the first 20 years, and then they steal from the company the next 20 years. But loyalty is not just tenure. Loyalty is shown through continued contribution. You are still adding value. 
as long as you're working there, as long as you are, are volunteering for God, or maybe you're not getting money, but you've been in this ministry for 40 years, you are, and you complacent now, you should still be passionate about adding value and if you are a paid employee or paid supervisor or whatever, and you've been there and you know you're not going to get fired, you know you should still be passionate, especially if you're a Christian, you should be compassionate about adding value. The complacent long-timer, if employed, is just picking up a check. The complacent long-timer, if a, uh, an employee is just holding on to the position, holding on to the title, holding on to the status quo, they're guardians of the past. And if you're a leader and you got someone on your team and they're complacent, they're not adding any value, that's a tough decision. Because they're going to hate your guts. I don't know if you understand that colloquial expression, but they're going to hate you if you make a decision to move them out of the way and bring somebody in who has passion because they're going to say, you used me for all these years and now you're throwing me away and they're not going to accept responsibility for their loss of passion. They're not going to accept responsibility for now they no longer add value because they are focused on the first 20 years when they worked real hard, brought much value, but for the last 20 years, they've just been holding the title, holding the position, getting the check, and they have no passion, bringing no value, and they're not this person right now. This individual right now will not accept any responsibility because they're focused on the first 20 years that they brought value, but they're not focused on the last 20 years when they were stealing from the organization by doing nothing. And maybe I'm talking to you. And that's wrong. It is wrong. Just because you've been to a, another place and you've said in your heart, I, I'm not working hard anymore. I'm through with that hard work. You're, you're, you're a complacent long-timer, and they should hold you accountable. And if you get mad, you're wrong because you're not adding the value. You don't have any passion because you think that your tenure is loyalty, and it's not. It's not tenure. It's not necessary. It could be, but it's not necessarily loyal. Yeah, I, you know, I had I had a a deacon in my church. He was the first deacon in my church, and that man was with me a long time. I mean, he was with me a long time, Brother Spencer. That man. God spoke to him to help me, and I was just early, in my early twenties. That man stayed with me till he died. And he was just as passionate about service and his commitment when he died as when early in time. Now, that's a valuable long time. And you need long timers 
but you need long because they bring history and, and, and they can see things and they bring wisdom. But, but if they have passion, you need people who have um, been through the struggle, who, who understood uh, the tough times and went through them. You need every, every institution, every school, every church, everybody need, need uh, long timers, passionate long timers, not complacent, not just sitting around doing nothing anymore. But those complacent ones, they are the ones that have the passion. They bring so much joy and so much uh, pleasure and, and so much value to an organization. But then the complacent ones, boy, they are drag. And you have to make a decision, and that's tough. That's tough. They will hate you. Their families will hate you. And then everybody connected with them will hate you. That's a tough decision. The, 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 the next tough decision that you'll experience if you're in leadership anytime is the life suckers. The life suckers. Oh, <laughs> these are the people who they deliver results, man, they can get some done. I mean, they, they gonna get some done, but their attitude bring the whole team down. You ever seen people on the team, or maybe you one of them, they they just get the job done. They good, they know what they do, they they competent and they aggressive when it comes to getting their job done. They high performance in terms of achieving results, but their attitude is terrible. Flow level attitude, nasty attitude, arrogant attitudes, just all kinds of their attitude. That's a, that's a tough decision because these people are culture terminators. They will terminate a culture. They'll get the job done, and they know they can get the job done, but they are culture terminators. I, I read this somewhere. If someone has a bad attitude, it is their fault. But if you pay them, it's your fault. And, and, and this is a tough decision because they're going to point to their work their performance. When you make a decision on this person, you remove this person because the attitude is bringing the team down, they're, they're going to hate you too because they're going to say, I got more done than this person over here. And they're going to think, I did this and look at my performance. You, you, I'm the best person on the team. I get this done. You gave me that. They will hate you. Because they don't have, they have a blind spot as it relates to the attitude. And sometimes you can even talk to them, but because of their blind spot, they just, they, so sometimes you have to make a tough decision. That's a tough decision. I tell you, probably even or more tough decision, all these are tough, all of them tough, or even more tough decision is the good guys. These are good guys. You have to deal with the good guys. The good guys is the person everyone likes. 
Everybody in the church like this person. Everybody in the business like this person. Everybody and uh, the staff like this person. Everybody, everybody like this person. The good guys. But sometimes the good guys are the wrong fit for the job. They're the wrong fit. Come on, say wrong fit. Sometimes the good guys, everybody like them, but they can't or won't do their job. There are people, they just as nice as you want. I mean, they're just, they just respectful. They're just as nice. They're just as courteous. But they're always dragging their feet. They're pulling the team down because they're not doing their job. They got other folks frustrated because they're not pulling their weight, but they are good. Everybody love them. Everybody love them. Everybody love them. And and the problem is that they're not doing their job or they're the wrong fit. Everybody loves them and they want to remain in the job. Even though you walk them through evaluations and you show them where they're not doing their job, but everybody like them. And then you got to let them go terminate them because they're a good guy. But they're the wrong fit or they are not doing their job. And then you let them go and everybody going to get mad. Most people going to get mad because we like him. He's such nice. She's so nice. She's so sweet. Good guys. And then you can't, you can't explain to the people what happened. You can't take their evaluations out to the people. That's against the law. Against, you can't do that kind of stuff. You can't tell them that the good guy didn't fit and the good guy didn't do their job. You can't tell folks that. All they know is that was a good person. They were sweet. They were kind. They were courteous. They quoted scripture, especially in church. You got a lot of good guys in church. They quoted scripture. That one not doing their job. That's a good guy. And it's a tough decision. It's a tough decision. It's a tough one. All these are tough decisions. But listen, leadership is not for wimps. Gotta, you got to have thick skin when you're a leader. You got to be courageous. Now, listen. This concludes part one. Courage, a quality that every leader must possess, is part one. In our next session, we're going to get over into decision-making, and the title of it will be Decisions Will Make You or Break You. Now, listen, I'm so glad you're with this on this journey. I'm learning so much. I pray you're learning a lot, too. Tell somebody about the podcast. Share it with somebody. And I look forward to seeing you uh, next time.
Thank you. 